Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 739. Look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 29. Let's read the passage. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house. Yet it didn't collapse, because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house, and it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, because he was teaching them like one who had authority and not like their scribes. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is writing this account of the ministry of Jesus to convince people to follow Jesus. He's writing it from a Jewish perspective, but it's applicable to anyone who will hear and respond. We're finishing the section of the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount began with the Beatitudes, then the distinctiveness of Christians, how Christians should be different but have an impact in the world. He talked about fulfilling the law, that he came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. So he provides the understanding on how to understand the law and apply it to life. He talked about acts of righteousness, giving, praying, and fasting. Pointed out that the purpose of these things is not to impress people, but to connect with God. Talked about storing up treasure in heaven rather than on earth, being focusing on the things of heaven. And he assured people not to worry about material things because God cares for them. He warned against being judgmental. And he encouraged us to trust God, to ask, seek, and knock. Then this last part of the Sermon on the Mount has been these four warnings, where he's highlighting the importance of actually responding to this teaching. The first warning, verses 13 and 14 of chapter 7, was the saved versus the unsaved, that you have two roads. Choose the road with the narrow gate. You're already on the wide road that leads to destruction. You must choose to be a follower of Christ. The second warning was about unsaved people pretending to be saved. He talked about the wolves in sheep's clothing who want to devour the sheep. So the warning is be careful of these people. The third warning was about unsaved people who think they're saved. Not everybody who says to be Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And so the warning there was make sure you actually are in a relationship with Christ. Not just doing religious things, not just going to church, but actually knowing Christ and being known by Christ. And today is the actual end of the Sermon on the Mount. This is the last of the four warnings. And all these four warnings, the Wrong choice results in destruction. The message today, it's simple. It is a very simple message, as most of them are. It's The imagery is very plain, with a very plain meaning to it. So verse 24, he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So those who respond appropriately, the image is, house built on a rock. And who builds the house on the rock? The wise man. Verse 25, the rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house, 
yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. Well, in that area, you have these wadis, these dry riverbeds that when you have a, a deluge of a rain, they fill up quickly, flash flooding, as we would call it. And you build your house near the flash flood area on shaky ground, it gets destroyed in a flash flood. But if you build your house in the appropriate spot with the appropriate foundation, it can withstand the beating from the weather. And that's the message here. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded on that house, and it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. So he adds, it collapsed. And not just collapsed, it collapsed with a great crash. The end, the wrong choice, destruction. And so the imagery is, is a house, whether it has a good foundation or a bad foundation. Are you the wise man or the foolish man? And the key is, do you hear these words and act on them? If you do, that's a firm foundation. You're being wise. You can withstand trouble. But if you don't hear these words, don't act on them, then you'll be like the foolish person with a bad foundation. And you can't withstand the trouble. It will collapse with a great crash. Destruction. He finishes in verses 28 and 29. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching because he was teaching them like one who had authority and not like their scribes. Well, he says in verse 28, when Jesus, when Jesus had finished saying these things, this is a formula that Matthew uses. Matthew has these five discourses, we call them. A discourse is just a segment of teaching. And so he has these five big discourses, these five big pieces of teaching. And he's just finishing the first one. We call it the Sermon on the Mount, but theologians call it the Discourse on Discipleship. He's talking to disciples about how to be disciples. So the subject is discipleship. And it's a discourse on discipleship. And he finishes up this discourse with this saying, which is, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. In each of these five discourses, there'll be one in chapters 9 and 10, the discourse on mission. Then in chapter 13, the parable discourse. Then in chapter 18, the discourse on relationships. Then chapter 24 and 25, the discourse on the future. Each of these discourses, he ends it with this exact same formula. When Jesus had finished, here he finishes these words. You know, when he finishes commanding the disciples, only finishes the parables, only finishes these words. But it starts with the same six words. Now, the literal Greek is, and it happened when finished Jesus. It's in exactly the same in each of these five discourses. And so Matthew's using this as a formula to say, and that's the end of this discourse. But it almost, it's Old Testament kind of language, and it happened. And in this case, when Jesus had finished saying these things, is the, the key that this discourse is over. Here he points out response of the crowds. Notice who he was teaching to at the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount is he brought his disciples out here, sat them down, and taught them. Now here... It's the crowd is responding. The crowd's been hanging out on the periphery of things, listening and watching. 
And it's the crowd that has this response. They were astonished at his teaching. And what is the astonishment about? Because he was teaching like one who had authority. And they contrast it, not like the scribes. Now, several places it talks about response to Jesus' miracles and response to Jesus' teaching. And it's always the, the response is astonishment. And part of the astonishment is the authority. He's not just quoting. And Rabbi Bob said, this is the way it's supposed to be. So he's not just quoting other experts. He is speaking as the expert. He's speaking as the author. He's speaking as one with authority. And this is astounding that he is the authority. It's true because he says it's true. And so they were astounded. But the scribes, they are experts in the law. You have these several groups of people mentioned in the Gospels. You have the chief priests. They're the religious heads. And you also have the Sadducees and the Pharisees. They're two almost denominations within Judaism. They have some differing beliefs and practices. The Sadducees were more associated with the temple. The Pharisees more associated with the synagogues. Then the scribes. Scribes like an official job. You have to study to be a scribe. They are experts in the law. And Jesus will really rant against them later in Matthew. He talks about woe to the scribes and Pharisees. So the scribes, the teachers, they are the experts in the Mosaic law. Remember in chapter 5, verse 20, Jesus said, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So the scribes are the expert teachers, and Jesus teaching is, is a whole lot better than their teaching because he's teaching as one with authority. So the key takeaway of this, the wise person who builds the house with a good foundation hears these words and acts on them. So let's begin. Hear these words. It doesn't just mean it tickles your ears. You heard the words. He means the words went beyond just hearing. They actually went into the brain and then to the heart, that there's a change that takes place because of them. So hear with change and acts on them. Too many people view the Sermon on the Mount as the restating of the law. It's the New Testament version of the Mosaic Law. It's the new set of rules. And so these are the rules to follow. But throughout it, Jesus is making it clear. I'm not talking about following rules. I'm talking about the issue of the heart. So you got to hear the words where there's a heart transformation and then live out your life based on that. So we're really talking about transformation, not just following the new set of rules, but change how you live. Remember the first warning. Choose to be a follower. Choose the narrow gate to follow. Jesus. The second warning, be careful who you are following, that somebody's not leading you astray. The third warning, make sure you're actually in a relationship with Christ, that you're not just doing religious things, but you're actually in a relationship. So we're talking about continual self-evaluation, not evaluating, am I good enough? Am I doing enough? But how's my relationship with God? Here, the Two groups of people in this last warning, 
they both appear to be actual disciples. But the question is, are you hearing the words and being transformed by them and changing how you live? I mentioned some things yesterday from 1 John about how you can know you're a follower of Christ. And John says basically in one section of 1 John, if you claim to be a follower of Christ, but you're not actually following him, then you're lying. You're lying to yourself, you're lying to others, and you're lying to God. And so that's the self-examination. Am I following Christ? How am I actually living? What's the status of my heart? Do I love God? Do I love God more now than I did before? Do I love God's people more now than I did before? And if not, what's the issue? It's not I need to try harder. It's I need a heart change. And it's something to be praying about, asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what is it that's in the way? What is it that's hampering your relationship with God and your relationship with the people of God? R.T. France, theologian, said, The Sermon on the Mount is not to be admired, but obeyed. And so, as we finish the Sermon on the Mount now, the big takeaway here is the people are impressed. We should be impressed too. Not just as such wise teaching, but it's the way of a disciple to live, to know God, to be an actual follower of Christ. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.